The Godcast with Josh Fritz, episode 41. The Godcast with Josh Fritz, where the scripture is honored, the lost are warned, the saints are fortified, false teachers are exposed, and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. Here's your host, Josh Fritz. Welcome to the Godcast with Josh Fritz. This is episode, uh, I'm probably going to think it's episode 41, uh, but I am not doing my intro music as I'm working on that um, for future podcasts, so I'm moving and transitioning out of my intro music. Uh, I'm probably going to keep the same thing, but uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, having a new introduction to the podcast. So uh, first things first, we're back online here um, on Tonight on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, hopefully, I uh, did not send out any messages to um, to say that I'm here, but what I did do is I just popped online, and what I want to do, tonight's going to be episode 41, I believe, if not, I'll correct the number uh, as we go. Um, if it's episode 42, then it's episode 42. Uh, you know what it is? It's been, it's been a while for me, for about maybe two weeks, I think, I'd, uh, since I had an episode, so... Last week, I had I was ready to go for an episode on the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about tonight, and I will get to that. Um, but uh, I had to cover a shift at work, which was fine, and I did that, and uh, this things like that happen. So I know there's a small pocket of people that do watch me, so I appreciate that, um, and missed me last week, and I apologize for that. You know, we things do happen here. Uh, on the Bible Thumping Wing that YouTube channel, and uh, also on the Godcast with Josh Ritz, things do happen. So life does happen, and uh, we have to uh, we have to work. But um, no, uh, what I did do last week, and I'll probably air this episode uh, that I rec- I did record something last week, uh, but I left it in an audio version, and it's it's about the shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. So I talked about the uh, the heart of man, and I'll leave it at that. And um, I've spoken about this before on earlier podcasts when I first started. So, you know, that's it's a salvation issue, I, I, obviously. And um, other than that, I've been pretty busy. And um, the summer is not usually easy for me because, well, not just not that it's easy for me. It's just that I'm dealing with the children more often, and I'm, uh, you know, they're out of school. And uh, when I do get them, we, you know, we go over the Word of God together as much as we can. And, um, you know, it's been good with that alone time with your kids. And I truly appreciate that. You know, some people don't get that, like myself. Um, Circumstances do happen. Um, The past does definitely, um, not that it dictates what happens right now, but... um, you know, for me to just have my children um, any day of the week, I'll take it, you know, as much as I can, as much as I can do as a father. You try to do the best you can to teach your kids the truth. And, you know, it's not easy uh, with the circumstances I find myself in. And, you know, it's, uh, it's part of life, though, as far as being a father. You'll always be a father, no matter what. And uh, there's no 
awards being handed out here on earth you know you do what you're supposed to do and um you know the rewards for the believer are in glory um with that said i'll briefly say this because um not because there's any arrogance coming on my part and i don't want to sound arrogant i don't want to uh, be arrogant and uh, i know what arrogance is because i once was arrogant and uh, does it creep up and pride comes up sure it does and I will say this, um, they're, they're, not everybody uh, not everybody agrees on everything. And, you know, that those are things that need to be discussed, sure, uh, in a, possibly in a private matter or a public matter, whatever it, the case it may be, whatever it is. Um, you know, uh, regarding my home and regarding my life here uh, where I live, God's put me in New York. I live on Long Island. That's where I am. Uh, I am a, a divorced man in that I went was brought to court and I was forcefully separated from my then wife and you know did I did I want that no <laughs> did I enjoy that no I don't enjoy it does it hurt sometimes when uh, things happen that are, are my fault uh, realizing in retrospect, did you lash out or things come out? It's part of that process in which we need to be sanctified by God. And it's also honesty with ourselves and with God. My computer screen is going really crazy. Just see something here. Thought I saw something. Anyway, no, uh, there's you have to be honest before the Lord, before people. And that's what I like to do here on the podcast. I like to start off with my honesty. And the, the frankness that has to be in your life, the genuineness that has to be in your life. Not all people are perfect people. We are sinners. We are sinners, and we are in need of the grace of God. We are in need of the, uh, the saving gospel, the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody is perfect. I will not, though, however, hold to an unbeliever that they need to change on my terms. I'll say that clearly because I think that's getting muddled, muddied, muddied up uh, in different places. I won't say where because it's, it's a point where you're imposing the way you are into somebody else's life. We're sinners. We need to bring the scripture to the heart, to the person who needs it. Not what I think about the scripture, not what you think about the scripture, just the scripture itself, as its plain sense as we read it. And I've, I'll, I'll admit, I've imposed in the past, this is years going years back, I've imposed my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's not right. It's his will, it's God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, I feel lately I've seen things in threads i've seen things online i've seen things that are they're all noble things being said and i'm being very blanketed right now i won't be specific until i have to but there are certain um, things that are happening online where something has to be dictated in a way where there's no grace there's no understanding of anyone's situation now if you're in sin you need to repent if you're, in, if you're in a sinful condition, you're in a sinful state, uh, me, if I'm in a sinful state, 
If I'm being, someone comes up to me and says, you're in sin, you need to repent, and it's specific, I have to I have to come to grips with that myself. And if I disagree with that person and say, my heart's before God here, I don't see what you're talking about is sin, then, then that's a bigger question. You know, what's going on? What's going on in my life? What's going on in someone else's life? You confront somebody. And there are biblical ways to do this in the church. There's biblical ways to do this from one person to another. And typically, leadership in the church does do that. And am I a leader in my church? In some ways, yes, because my children look to me. But in most cases, no, because I'm mainly a layperson. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I need to speak up. That doesn't mean I need to assert myself when I need, when God is put, putting me at the, that uh, direction uh, or urging me in that direction, and that's the relationship with God you, you have. Your, your the assertiveness, the boldness, the courage comes from the relationship we have with God, and that relationship is guided by the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And when when something's not right, and when something's out of kilter, then that's when that's that's the inter that's the interaction between the Holy Spirit and my spirit or your spirit. If you're a believer, you have that. You have that anointing, so to speak. Now, there's a relationship that we have with God that we need to check what's going on in our heart. Someone's bringing us to a problem. We need to deal with it, and we need to be honest before God. Now, there's also there's issues in which the Scripture, where you have eschatology being places of disagreement, you have uh, methods and... Uh, approaches that people take to the scripture or methods of evangelism that are there uh, those are things that can be talked about and that can be uh, quote-unquote debated um, at, at times but eschatology to me eschatology is pretty solid and it's not it's I think God's not trying to trick us there's no um, there's no sense in the scripture where you're reading something and saying it's going to mean something else that you're reading, and uh, you know I've come come from the uh, the understanding and the scripture of a the fact that I I do believe in a premillennial view of the Word of God. Uh, now here's to say that those those who don't, do I highly love them and respect them? Absolutely. That's just a basic disagreement. I'm not going delving into it because I don't want to do that right now. I'm going to be talking about something else. But the, do I love them anyway, even though I disagree? Of course I do. Of course I do. Why? Because the message will always be from age to age, no matter what part of the process from creation to eternity, it's always going to be about Christ. And that's where we should be. We should be on Christ. We should be talking about Him and uh, the gospel and what that entails. The fact that we're sinners and we are in need of a Savior. Tonight, if you are an unbeliever, you are in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. I can plead with you all night long, which I won't do, but I can tell you what you, where you should go and what you can do. He's the only one that can heal you of your sin. He's the only one that can remove the penalty of your sin, eternal death. He's the only one that can take it away. He's the only one that can place sin, sin on himself, and suffer God's wrath on the cross. And he did that 2,000 years ago. And this is one of the greatest stories ever told because it was predicted in the Old Testament. It was uh, set in motion at the fall of man. 
And uh, it was in God's mind before the creation of the world. God knew man would fail. And he provided a means of redemption. And throughout the Old Testament, you have pictures of this. You have Abraham going up with Isaac to Mount Moriah, where he was going to follow all the way to bring Isaac to that place where he would sacrifice him, knowing that Isaac would be brought back from the dead. That's faith. He trusted God. We went over that briefly in 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 another podcast. But in that part where Isaac asks his father Abraham, he says, there's no there's no lamb here to be sacrificed. And what is what does Abraham say? God himself will provide a sacrifice. So you have the tip the types, the pictures through the Old Testament. That's just one of them. Um of the man from heaven, the God man from heaven would come to earth, would die, would be uh taking on his, the sins of his elect, would uh take that sacrifice with his blood once, once and for all, all those that would believe. So this is the this is the greatest story that we don't if we believe that if we know that that's true in our heart and life we can know it all we can know the intellectuals we can know the people the the the, the theologians that went through this that uh, fought for um, the scripture in terms of getting it translated into their own language uh, have gone through it to defend the doctrines of the faith. In the the middle of the second of the first millennium, there or what we had in the the from the reformers in that period, the fifteen hundreds, you know, all, all those periods, you had people that fought for the word of God and wanted it preached and wanted it shared. You can know all about those people. You can know the historical blessings of it. You can know the doctrines of the faith. But tonight, you could be lost. You could be lost. You can know all that and still be lost. Why? Sin. Sin. The sin problem is always answered in Christ. Now, the problem that we have as sinners is that the presence of sin is always going to be here on this earth as we are still alive. But we can be delivered from that. And these are things that we wrestle with all the time, that we wrestle in the Scripture, and it needs to be settled. Those are things that need to be settled in your heart and life. And tonight, the power of the the message of the gospel... It's it's a message that's foolishness to the world, but to the believer, it's the greatest story that ever came to our heart, to our mind, to our soul, because we recognize our incapability of ever becoming a Christian in our own strength. We're incapable. We're helpless. We can read. God's given that ability to us, which is a great blessing. We can read and we can learn. And the gospel is the greatest message ever given to man because it's God's love letter to man, saying that you need to you, you you need to change. And I'm not saying here to polish up sinners, making them right, making them say so many words that they say all this and then they get in. That's not it. It's that's the work of God that gets us in in Christ. What I'm saying is that. The fact that it's the greatest story ever given to us, the fact that this has been accomplished by Christ, the fact that we have a message so great, why would we ever want to stay in a in an affair where we um, 
of sin that we're involved with and love it so much. That person needs to be saved if they love their sin. What does that entail? And hatred of sin comes. And I'm not saying here to polish up people and make them right. That's God's work. The message goes out. The people take the Bible and read it and investigate and want to go and want to know this more. What drives you? Who drives you? Is it you? You're the one going after it? It seems that way. No, it's God pursuing us after us, going through the scripture and pursuing us and sharing with us through his holy word, through preachers that faithfully deliver the message. Whether we agree with them or disagree with them, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us that understanding. And you're saying, Holy Spirit, why are there many people divided? Why? Because we tend to impose our own feelings on the scripture. And I'm, I, I will admit to that. We have a, a certain understanding of the scripture and that's what guides us. That not, not all men agree because all men are sinners. We're sinners. The, the best thing that we could possibly do though is to preach Christ and his deliverance from sin. If you stayed there, the message would be crisper, would be cleaner, would be better. In terms of getting muddied up in things and we can debate this, debate that, I am not a debater. I've said that before. I'm not a debater. What I am is a believer that goes faithfully to the local church. Again, that doesn't mean anything either other than to be edified with the saints, right? Church attendance doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't change, doesn't save you. Saying a prayer, walking an aisle, um, saying you were baptized in this church or that church, uh, reciting so many verses and obeying the law, all of these things do not save. It's the power that Christ, who, he, who came from heaven, who gave up his life for our salvation. It's Christ's work. And it's the work of God that we believe in the one that he sent. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the bread of life. The water of life. The one who has satisfied us in that our thirst has been satisfied through Christ. This is the one that we talk about. This is the one that we love. This is the one that saved us. And we recognize it. We hate the life of sin. We hate that. We hate everything to do with... Uh, Satan and the way he fires his darts and this is what this is what Satan loves when he sees disagreement when he sees debates and uh, go animosity and he hates that I mean he likes that sorry we hate that we don't like that we, we, we don't like the animosity but Satan loves it he says if I can divide this person from this person from doing then God's message doesn't go out so we have to we have to be smart here when it comes to the the message of the gospel in that without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and yes, I was getting to that point, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we don't have a story either. We don't have a message because he defeated sin. He defeated sin. He took the penalty. He satisfied God's wrath. And the affirmation of that is his resurrection from the dead. Why? Because he ever lives to intercede for believers. He's our high priest at this moment, at this hour. And that because of that, that's why we have a message. And we can go to God in prayer because of his finished work on the cross of Calvary. But he's not done there. He's interceding for us. He's pleading before the Father 
for those that the Father gave him. Those are the ones that he's chosen. And those are the ones that are indwelt where the Holy Spirit resides in each one. Again, we can know all that intellectually, but is it really true in your life? Make your calling and election sure. See if you are in the faith or not. <sighs> Said all that to say this, that not all people agree, and I, I was getting to this point, and there are threads that are in the Bible-thumping wingnut wall that I, uh, I'm kind of, I agree with them superficially, but when you start to dig and uh, you want to know what's going on, and you have to ask, you have to ask those questions, um, you know, we will. I will ask those questions at a later date. But the, you know, I, I'm seeing things on the wall that I'm like, kind of, do I want to say something, yes or no? And I, I, I'm going to think about that and pray before I speak about it. So, uh, I'm watching the wall because I say things on the wall too. I put things up there and only for encouragement. And there's things that are said there that are true, but we have to realize that there are certain aspects of that that we have to we have to have some understanding. Some grace, some understanding where some people are not there, you know, spiritually minded, their level isn't there. Not to give them a pass, that's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying to give people a pass, but what I'm saying is that there's got to be some grace. There's got to be some understanding. I'm not trying to go soft, and that's not what I'm saying, but I see things there that I don't, I'm kind of concerned about, and I'll probably address that at another time. Come on, ease up, back up. You're listening to the Bible for Me Wingnut Show, the show that's safe for the whole family. I met with a leader of one of the largest mega church congregations in America that you would all know, mega, mega church, and uh, sat in his little office, big office, really, and uh, he said, MacArthur, I just, I just have a word for you. I said, great, what is it? He said, lighten up. Lighten up. Yeah, come on. Easy. Back. You know, if you ask me who my hero in ministry is, this is him, Paul. Uh, he, he, he's on my shoulder all the time. I don't think that would have gone well with him. Hey, Paul, come on. Lighten up. Lighten up on the unbeliever. Lighten up on the church. Come on. Come on. The Godcast, where we ponder anew what the Almighty can do. Here's your host, Josh Fritz. I'm going to talk about tonight about the Holy Spirit. Now, we know him as the part of the Godhead, the triune God, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have the... The, the Son who came to earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, he left earth. He said he would leave, but that the Holy Spirit would come. And when did he come? He came at Pentecost. But he also had a ministry as well in the Old Testament, um, coming and going. And we, we have that throughout the Old Testament, the examples there. Um, but what I want to talk about tonight, and I have my outline here, I want to take a look at Luke Chapter 12, verse 11 and 12. So we're going to turn to Luke. I'm just taking the this scripture, and we're going to go through another selected scriptures and talk about 
Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? Why is why am I referring to him with a pronoun of he, right? You run into the cults with that. So because of some cults, they believe that the Holy Spirit is not a person. They believe he's a force. And uh, somebody's uh, alarm bells went up as soon as I said that. So let's read Luke 12, verse 11 and 12. You know what? Let me read. Let me read. Let me read from the beginning of chapter 12 because it actually. This actually ties in a little bit with what we're going through in my local church, so I want to read this. It's more familiar with me. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ears of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You see, there's a lot going on here in this chapter, but in these last two verses you have the encouragement given to the disciples here by Jesus and this is also in Matthew chapter 10, the same aspect here, the same story where we're more valuable than sparrows. Um, those who acknowledge the Lord before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge them before the Father, before the angels of God. Um, but also he, he touches on here, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, now this was going to happen to these disciples. They were going to uh, approach these dignitaries, these people of the law, the actual Roman government, uh, that's, you have the example of Paul there, um, but you have, you have them brought to these people, and what do they have, to, what do they have to say for themselves? They had to come up, in that moment, they had to come up with a message that was solid, and we have that, we have those messages in the book of Acts, of which these men were given the words to speak, and the Holy Spirit gave them the words to say. And it's the same it's the same in the Old Testament where Moses told the Lord he says I don't know what to do. I, I don't have the words to speak. Gideon the same way. And what God says you got it. Don't worry about it. And what does he do with Moses? He gives Aaron next alongside of him. He says you you're going to be able to do this. So these are this is an instance in which we have the Holy Spirit here will teach us 
at that time what you should say. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher as believers. Now, here's where our responsibility comes in line here. And if you're a believer tonight, you're, you're listening to this, and I've heard this said before, and it's true. This is absolutely true what I'm about to tell you. The more you put into the Word of God, that your effort, your time, your ability to study, to get down to the words, to understand the tenses, to understand that all of that, do we get there all the time? No, we don't. We should. We should do that. But to get to that point, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be given the answer. You're going to grow in your knowledge. You're going to grow in your experience with God. If you firmly devote that time to study, and men have done that. Men have taken their time, their low lives, and they get up every single week, and I applaud them. I respect them for this. They even have families to, that they have. They even have jobs that they work. And they still get up in the pulpit. They still get up there and preach. I have great respect for people that do that. Because this takes a lot of work. I mean, me doing a podcast compared to a pastor who studies not just one sermon, not just two sermons, not just three sermons, but four sermons, or five sermons, maybe four or five a week. A week. Between two days, right? During the week, sometimes it's midweek services, a Sunday morning and evening um, some places don't even have evening services, of which to me is far into my thinking. But these men, sometimes they need to share the load, right? But they won't because they're called, and they have a message to preach. I have great respect for them. We don't we don't always agree. We don't always agree with these people, but at the same time, they're men of God. They're faithful. They're faithful because they're going to the text. They're reading it. They're studying it. They're grabbing from uh, other uh, older men in the faith, reading off of them what has impacted them off the scripture, but they're going back to the text and they're looking at the words and they want to know what it means. This is the relationship that it's with the Holy Spirit. We should all be like that. All believers, not just the pastor. Just don't rely on the pastor's work. You get out there and do the work yourself. Get in the scripture. Get the reference books out and go after it. And I say that, I have to say that to myself because do I do that every single time? No, I should. You know, there's a study that a studiness, as we read in the book of Ecclesiastes, is a weariness after after our flesh. It's hard. It's not easy to get to sit down and to say, "All right, what does this mean? What is it?" And without realizing that you're responsible for people that you're teaching, I'm responsible as a father to my two children, and when I have them, I do the best that I can to teach them. Do I always do it? No, no, and that's my to my shame. You know. But at the same time, these pastors not only have their families to look after and share the scripture with, but it's also the people in the church that might upset them, that might be not getting it right, not appropriating what they're hearing into their life. And, uh, you know, I don't want that for me, for my pastor. I'm sure he is uh, not happy with me at times, you know, and that's that's the ongoing uh, relationship that we have with our, each shepherd of our church that we we should hold dear tonight, and you should pray for your pastor. Think about your pastor. Think about the work he's putting in. Uh, if he's a faithful pastor to the scripture, think about that work that he's doing. Sometimes it's 20 hours. Sometimes it's 30 hours. Sometimes it's 40. Sometimes it's a full-time job, and it can be. Not just the the studying, and but it could be the issues with the building or the issues with the town or all those things that, that encumber a local church. You know, and their the responsibility it should be shared and slack picked up absolutely, but the 
the study is a, is an ongoing thing, and it's it's a it's it should be appreciated, and I don't think it is. I don't think it is appreciated too much. We should be thankful for our pastor. You see your pastor. This is from me to you. If you're listening to me tonight, the next time you see your pastor, shake his hand very firmly and say thank you. Go if you if you if you're more of an embraceive type of person, if you like to embrace, give him a hug. Do something for him. Thank thank him for what he does. Thank him for the the work that he's put out to study. And sometimes these messages they hit really hard. They hit really hard, and we might not like them. We might not like these messages, but we understand the source that's coming from a source of love. It's not coming from a source of uh, of hatred, and uh, that's that's definitely true. So, uh, in addition to this, ongoing here with the Holy Spirit, I want to read what the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does. Okay, what what is He? What is His characteristics? Right, the Spirit of Christ. The promised Holy Spirit. We have that in John 17. I will send the Comforter. We have that in, also I think it's chapter 16 too, where Jesus is telling them in the Gospel of John there, that I, this Holy Spirit that I'm going to be sending to you, the Spirit of me, I'm going to lead, is going to lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is a person. The scripture we have is John 15, 26. When the Counselor comes, it's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. The Holy Spirit has the characteristics of a personality. He's a person, right? An intellect. An intellect. First Corinthians 2.11 For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. It's an intellect feeling, Right? Romans 15.30 I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. By the love of the Spirit. By the love that God has for Paul in this situation here, in his struggle. Pray to God for me. He's urging them. Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12.7-11 Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. So these are the gifts, okay? To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Okay, so some of these gifts of which we know uh, have ceased. I am a, uh, I believe in cessationism, where the, where the the, the 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 gifts of the Spirit, such as powers and that the apostles had to heal those things, those gifts of healing, to uh, they they don't they have ceased at that at this point in time. And those are the gifts that were being only given to the apostles to do. And this was to uh, affirm their relationship with God, to affirm the gospel of Jesus Christ, to affirm those things. That This is why this was there. The scripture was being pieced together, okay? Um, it's another totally different podcast. But this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of these apostles here. 
But I'm looking at verse 11 here. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determined. So these are things that the Spirit of God determined to put with these men that they would have as they went out and established churches, as they went out and taught. And that's what they did. Uh, number three, so I have the Holy Spirit as a person. The Holy Spirit has characteristics of personality, intellect, feeling, and will. Number three, the relationship of the Holy Spirit to the believer, right? What's that relationship like? Worship. Worship. That's uh, wrapped up in one word. How do we worship God? Is a relationship that we have, an ongoing relationship that we have with God. Our testimony by the way we live, our service. Scripture, John 16, 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit, number four, exalts Christ. He makes Christ real, vital, and precious. No device of public speaking can bring the sinner to the Savior apart from the exalting work of the Holy Spirit. That's important. Yes, God uses us to speak. Yes, he uses uh, our members to speak, our mouths, our tongues to speak the truth. Um, yes, he uses the ways in which we speak. Perhaps it's in a softer tone. Perhaps it's in a harder tone. Right? Or perhaps it's in a very small tone, how we speak the scripture. Not that type of speech is going to bring a sinner to a Savior. Okay? Now, some of you go, huh? What does that mean? It's not our eloquence. It's not the way we speak, or not our oratory. It's not our illustration. Uh, it's not giving people steps to be saved. You need to do this, 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 and this. No, it isn't that. It's the work of God in bringing mankind to himself. And the aspect tonight, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, what does he do? He regenerates us. The doctrine of regeneration. Go back to my previous uh, videos, you'll see that. The regeneration that the Holy Spirit is involved in, again, exalts Christ. It convicts. He convicts sinners. He enables the sinner to believe on the Son as his or her Savior. That's the Spirit's work. He has to make that dead person, spiritually dead person, spiritually alive, quickened, regenerated. Okay, He puts, imparts that with the new creation, a new life. Meaning, the former life is over. The life of sin, the life of serving sin, the life of serving self, the life of serving Satan, all of that is over. It's over. And the habits and the uh, sin that they love falls off. The desire to do those things falls away, disappears. Why? Because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the heart of a true believer. The believer is utterly dependent upon the Holy Spirit for his spiritual birth, his spiritual life, victory, and service. So the believer is dependent upon the Holy Spirit for his spiritual birth, being regenerated, his spiritual life. How do we feed how do how do we depend on for our spiritual life? We feed on the word of God, right? 
How's how his Holy Spirit? How we're dependent upon him for our victory? We resist sin. Okay, it's not just depending on him to do everything, but we have to put that effort in. After we've been saved, after we've been regenerated by him, we put that effort in to dismiss sin out of our lives. We kill it, right? We mortify it. That gives us what? Victory. That's the, the third point here. And service. That service is a should be and is a response of what God has done for us, our testifying of him, how we live, how we tell others about Christ, how we how we live our lives, how we conduct our lives. I will tell you that this is a process of sanctification, which the Holy Spirit's involved in. We're sanctified through the work of the Holy Spirit. This is ongoing because we are people that tend to motivate uh, or are motivated to do what we want to do half the time. We want to go with our desire. We want to fulfill that desire. We want to do what we want to do. And this is what's constantly where God's saying, you're not doing that right. Or there's a little tug going on, uh, and God's saying, you know, you're not doing this right. You're wrong here. Or the preaching will come out from the pastor, and I just made a noise. <laughs> but <laughs> I said it in a way that it's, it's bothering us, where we're saying, I'm not doing right here, I'm sorry. Or we want to correct those things. It's ongoing. It's a relationship that we have with God. If that's not happening, if you're not convicted of your sin, if you're not motivated to say, i got to tell somebody about this, or you're not motivated to pick up the Word of God, ah, I can, can sit for another day. If you, One hour out of the Word of God, you're in trouble. You're probably not redeemed. Okay, So those are things that are a part of the believer's life. It's an ongoing relationship. We don't just fall away and say, okay, we're, you know, I'm done here, and uh, I'll get back to you next Sunday. I'll see you guys next Sunday, and uh, I won't think about you the rest of the week. That is a bad place to be. The Holy Spirit's work is the, one, is the only one that is first to convince the sinner, then comfort the sinner, convinces the sinner of the filth of his or her sin, Sin that comes from the heart, the inner man, the corrupt nature. Fruit that is sin that leads to death, right? Truth has to direct our lives, and the Holy Spirit teaches all truth and things to come. So I want to read that again. The Holy Spirit's work is the only one that is first to convince the sinner, then to comfort the sinner. The Holy Spirit's work convinces the sinner of the filth of his or her sin. That sin that comes from the heart, the inner man, the corrupt nature of who we are. And if that's not dealt with by us, if it's not dealt with at the cross by for that for a particular person, if it's not there, if that hasn't happened, that's going to lead to death. All sin leads to death, right? Well, if this is eternally speaking, it leads to eternal death. All sin un unforgiven, uh, all sin that is unrepentant will be dealt with in eternity by eternal death. Okay. I think I only did two pages, but I did have a lot of filler in the beginning when I introduced the podcast again. I think I'm going to cut it there for tonight because I have, I think I have like three or four pages left, and we'll talk about the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit next time. So I'm going to stop it there, and we'll we'll separate this up for another podcast because there's always a lot to go through, and there's more scriptures to read as well. So what I want to do though tonight. As I close, um, I'm hopefully, like I said before, you know, there there is a number here you can call. 
It is 631-209-7457. If you dial that number, you will get a, uh, you'll be able to text me. You'll be able to speak to me, leave me a message, and I can address something on a future podcast. I really implore you to do that. It's probably been used maybe a handful of times only because, you know, I don't have much of a strong push, monetarily speaking, here where I can put my name out there and things people can respond back. But I can organically say it here, too. You know, you need to, if you want to engage with me and maybe push me and say, hey, you need to talk about this, you need to talk about that, message me there. I will look at it. Or email me at livebiblestudies412 at gmail.com. Or on the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network, the YouTube channel, in the comments, I've been interacting there in the past. Um, what I do is I, uh, I'm i on the channel right now, so I would be posting as uh, the Bible Thumping Wingnut guy. His, his name is Tim, but I'm logged in there because I can post my videos out. But when I interact on YouTube, I go back to my YouTube channel, The Godcast with Josh Fritz, and I that's how I can respond there also in the comments. So anytime you want to do that, you can. Um the number I like, I like the hotline. I've heard messages before. Uh, people have messaged in and said a couple of things, encouraging words or uh, critiques that I've had. If it's negative, fine. You know, we can go through that and discuss it. Um, the phone number, I've yet to receive a text there or a voicemail that's uh, in the last several weeks. And uh, mainly because, like, like I said, the last two weeks I haven't been in. But the, you know, the other way you can reach me is on Twitter. Uh, I am on there. Uh uh, my handle, I believe, is at the Godcast with Josh Fritz. You can check that out there. I always provide the links in the BibleThumpingWingnut.com, the YouTube, uh, the YouTube link, and the links to Instagram as well. So I'm on Instagram there. You can find me there. Um, but also, in addition to that, um, you can always interact with me on Facebook. You can always interact with me there on my personal page. You can do that any way you want to talk to me. Bring up a topic, talk about it here on the the Godcast. I will do it. Um, no problems, no questions asked. Um, then we we go on, we move on. And the the blessing of it is, and what I'm going to do, I I try to do this at the end of every broadcast. I go and look at the comments. If there's something there, we'll talk about it. And at this moment, there is not. So that's fine. But the, the blessing of it all is that I have this means of communication. And what I want to do, I'm going to ask you for something. And I don't normally do this. I don't ask for money. But I will say this. I do have a Patreon account. And I'm publicly saying this, I think, for probably the second time. I do have a Patreon account. If you feel obliged to give to this ministry, um, I would appreciate that. Uh, only because... I do want to update some equipment. I do want to upgrade some uh, things that I have here. Like if I, I intend to bring on some guests that I want to do to maybe enhance the podcast a little bit. Maybe somebody alongside of me to check me or to not just check me or to interact and have a conversation with. And I do have a guest I'm trying to work to get with me, but I don't have the equipment to do that at this point. And this is what I'm asking. If you have a dollar. And again, I don't. I'm not asking for money. If you don't feel you want to give, you don't have to. And uh, I appreciate that. And I have actually. I have probably have to get a little bit better on setting up that Patreon page. But um, you know, if you don't, if you don't feel obliged, that's fine. If you want to listen and interact, that's fine too. If it's a penny you have, that's fine too. 
but uh, I'm not I'm not out to solicit money or to have a drive and do something with it. I'm only saying it in that uh, if you feel obliged and the Lord has led you to say, you know what, I'll give him a dollar to get a different type of equipment or to have better feeds and things like that, you know, because actually, to be honest with you, this green screen behind me, uh, I did purchase, uh, but it was it, it, it was un- un- unbeknownst to me, I was able to get it at a fairly good price, and, uh, you know, some of this is on my own tab, which is fine, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with that, but what I would appreciate if, uh, and I won't spend any more time with this, is that if you feel obliged to, to donate, that's fine, and uh, my, I guess my only concern is that further setting up my Patreon page would be my, uh, my uh, point of attack, I would have to get that squared away, so... Let me do that first, and if uh, after that I'll be, we'll be talking about it some more. But if you feel you obliged need to give to another ministry, be all all the more. I would encourage that. You can give to the Bible Thumping Wing Net- Network as well. dot com. The donations are there on the page. You can go there, or you can go to Patreon. You can go there too. Uh, the Bible Thumping Wing Net Guide has a Patreon page. You go there, and there are also other podcasts on the Bible Thumping Wing Nut. Uh, Dot com. You have, uh, I'll say a few, there are the Polemics Report with J.D. Hall, he's with Pulpit and Pen, great ministry, they uh, are the ones that are going after the, the people that are distorting the gospel message, and uh, not in a sense, it's, it's in a loving way, but it can be uh, in a way that's bold and brash because it's serious error going on out there, so they're doing a great ministry there by sharing the gospel and also exposing those that are just the charlatans and uh, they're doing the job that they're supposed to do having the level of discernment there and i i truly appreciate that ministry uh you have tim heard the bible thumping wing that guy which you, if you were on this channel in the last two hours uh he just went through a video with jeff durbin and uh that was also a, a moment where he did explain the gospel and uh, the gospel you're going to hear that word all the time. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, the fact that he came to earth, was uh, sin was placed on his account by his death on the cross, so sacrificial for those that would yet believe in him, then and now. And by his burial, signifying that our sins have been dealt with, he was raised to life and that our sins were washed away by his shed blood, and uh, his resurrection is an affirmation, like I said earlier, of the fact that we can live above sin. Not to say that we're in the presence of sin, we still are, and it's a process of sanctification, but it's because of his finished work on the cross that we can be saved, and we are saved. And uh, that is for all of eternity, and uh, that is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So, because of that message, there are others and faithful ministers that are sharing that message. Hug your pastor, like I said earlier, and uh, stay tuned here on the Godcast for more coverage on the Holy Spirit, which will be next week. We'll be diving into that and uh, the ministry that he has in our lives, in our uh, the way we live, and the, by the way we conduct ourselves. It's a relationship that we have with God, and that relationship is never-ending and will always be a blessing. So with that... With no music tonight, as we end uh, in the podcast version, there will be music. I don't I haven't decided what it was, but um, with that, God bless you. I will see you guys here next week here on the Godcast. Thanks for watching. 
if you're watching later, this will be posted on the BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Check that out there for more uh, information. And uh, with that, I will see you guys next week on the Godcast. God bless you, and have a great night.
You're still listening? Wow, you really have some time on your hands. Catch me next week on episode 42 for the second half of the Ministry of the Holy Spirit here on the Godcast. God bless you.